Hello, this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And this is Two Teachers Talking, a podcast where Tony and I get together approximately every two weeks and talk about teaching and what we're doing in the classroom and outside of the classroom and just general ideas, concepts, opinions. I guess everybody has an opinion about education and teaching specifically or more focused on teaching English in Japan. And Tony, you're in Chicago now. I am still in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, getting ready to get back to Japan very okay. soon. Okay. And how long have you been there? I can't remember, but it's been nice. <laughs> A few weeks. <laughs> okay. A few weeks has well, been today... really nice. Yeah. Okay. And you've had good weather, you mentioned. Mm. Dreamy. Dreamy. Wonder, to make wonderful fall. weather. Wonderful weather. Especially uh, in contrast to what people have been dealing with in Kansai and most of Japan, I guess. Right. Summer in Japan is hot mm. and humid. Okay. And today we have a kind of an interesting topic in the sense that there's so many pros and cons and ups and downs and in and outs. We're talking basically about putting our stuff online. Yeah, um, stuff online for students, right? For students to get right. to. Not for ourselves or not like a website <laughs> advertising ourselves but actually getting stuff online so that our students can get access to it as well as having the students put stuff online so we can access it also right 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 two-way street okay so tony why don't um, we kind of set the environment so to speak the mm. atmosphere and set the picture You're, for people because first I some think balloons Burst balloons. I, I like balloons. Right. Burst some bubbles. Um, because I think a lot of people have an image for those of the listeners who are outside of Japan, um, that Japan is a super high tech, super evolved country. Um, and in many ways it is, especially yeah, future world. Inner, inner, well, internet speeds are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but, I'm enjoying um, it. I think people would be surprised if we described what happens in the classroom tech-wise. So why well, don't you yeah, well, fill, I, fill our listeners in? Yeah, saying they'd be surprised is, I think, a little mild. Incredulous. Uh, it's just an adjective game skeptical, now? Skeptical. Wow, Cynical. Surprised. Unbelievable. It's inconceivable. <laughs> it's, it is inconceivable, but it's real. It's so very real. Uh, yes. And whereas, like for example, the United States... For probably more than 10 years, I, I don't know 15, but certainly 10 years, incoming freshman universities require, are required to have their own um, computers, laptop, PC, whatever it is. And um, registration is all done online. Homework is given online. Uh, instructors are expected to put their lectures or lecture notes online. Uh, students submit homework online, so forth and so on. Um, to those of us teaching in Japan, this sounds like a fantasy world uh, because where, as our kids are quite adept at um, manipulating technology for their own uses on their cell phones, somehow that, that other part of it has been totally missed and uh, the schools at, at the schools themselves and the students who attend these schools um there has been zero integration of computers the internet into the classroom environment and 
Interesting. This was uh, the topic of my thesis, it mastered one of my master's thesis, my teaching of English thesis in 1997, 1998, um, talking about integrating uh, internet use in the classroom. And, it, and this is 2013. And we're still waiting. <laughs> we're still waiting. And I know you don't believe, if you're not in Japan, I know you don't believe us, but you're just going to have to accept this on faith. Um, we don't see computer when we do see computers in the classroom they're these very odd clunky toshiba sony pcs that they might have gotten at the co-op for three hundred dollars or something and it's and again it's not integrated whatsoever and and instruction doesn't facilitate it the universities don't facilitate it the students don't do it um and so for quote-unquote connected teachers it's a real challenge that it is (laughs) and i think some schools are better than others Mm -hmm. very much Mm. the surprising fact i think is if people were to see how inconsistently technology is either used or integrated at different schools so depending on where i am teaching it's a completely different experience in terms of being able to get online just even getting online just getting online it's shocking to see how many schools don't have wi-fi access exactly one place i work at i actually have to take an ethernet cable this weird thing (laughs) called the ethernet cable right and and i have to take an adapter because my macbook air doesn't even have a ethernet connection well, I gave so, up and and I bought myself a mobile, what they call a, a mobile Wi-Fi, a MiFi uh, a unit, a hotspot, a mobile hotspot that I can use in classroom, and I, and I share with some of my students, um, you know, the ones who ha- have interest or need in things. But yeah, because I just I just gave up. I couldn't rely on the universities to do this. And this is 2013. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is I have one of those, and at my my. My, my school, my main job, it's a dead spot for my Wi-Fi. <laughs> I had that last year. It uh, happened to me last year. I, I got everything set up. I was like, pulled it on. It's like, oh, no, you're not connected to the Internet, sir. Thank you. Right. I don't get any bars indicating that connection. So we've said it um, that our students uh, or as teachers, we have varying degrees of success or support in getting online and that students, if they do bring laptops now on a daily basis, almost none of my students bring a computer to school. Same here. I think right in my no, classes. That's, that's, I think it's universal in Japan. It's a, it's a, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny number. Right. You, maybe you'll see maybe two a week, maybe. Me? I'll sometimes see students working on computers at the tables, but not in. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. But, but you'll never in see terms them in the of classroom. students consistently bringing computers. It's surprising. In fact, um, I had one, one of these. Uh, I guess it's a funny story now, but students were doing final presentations, mm-hmm. and a student comes in and says, uh, "You know, Mr. Wiz, do you, do you have a computer I can use?" I'm like, "What?" And they said, "Well." we have our presentation on a USB stick. And I was like, well, why didn't you bring your own computer? And they just looked at e- each other in total shock. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd expect us to bring a computer? 
And the idea that they thought that I would give them my computer or let them use my computer without any advanced warning. So there's that oh, I've very... Had that, I've had that over and over and over. And well, the interesting thing about that isn't that it just happens over and over. It's that they don't... The students don't realize that somebody might not want to share their computer. Right? Yeah, but I don't I, I don't know what that dynamic is. It's a I, weird thing. But you understand, weird for thing. example, for me to borrow somebody else's computer, you know, I'm a little you know, hesitant to ask somebody, hey, would you mind if I used your machine, right? Yeah, it's an imposition. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a personal thing. And yeah, you're, you're asking all kinds of things, right? It's, it's right. a big thing. Yeah, yeah well, I, I kind of don't want to do it because students always touch my screen. Yeah. <laughs> Put their fingers yeah. on. <laughs> I have to I do see that. The, I, I see the hand moving towards her and I grab it. No, no. <laughs> don't touch Yeah, it. I think I'm famous for that. I say, I'll kill you if you touch my screen. Uh, you know, just... Yeah, anyway. And uh, then other teachers do it, too. Uh, <laughs> and a, a teacher was saying, oh, you see right here? I said, please don't touch my screen. <laughs> so I'm very – I don't like sharing my machine for a variety of reasons. So the reason we're talking about this, too <laughs> – That is because we were anal retentive. Anyway. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, speak for yourself, young man. And it is to give people an idea that there's a very, very environment. different environment and kind of um, mindset in terms of using a computer, bringing one, interacting, how you can use it. Um, even the idea, for example, saying to my students, did you virus check your USB stick? Right, right. All kinds of unexpected it's, challenges. Right. So it's right? not there. So we've set that. On the flip side, as you mentioned, though, is that they're pretty adept at using their phones. Yes. So want to set the contrast there for people? I don't even know how to begin with that because it, it, it is such a contrast. I mean, where, um, yeah, and kids with PCs, they don't know how to download a file. They don't know how to decompress a file. They certainly don't, so many of them um, don't know how to compress a file or to send a large file or to utilize any kind of, any kind of online service to uh, transfer uh, a large file. Um, not, all of that for so many of them is such a, foreign experience to use an unfortunate word um but when it comes to their phones and, and the services that they use for their own within their own social environment uh they're masters and they know how to do everything in that within that context but when it comes time you know to generalize that into you know the educational sphere they don't have a clue. So a lot of unexpected challenges to that. So you know, when you when we talk about uh, when we as we as we'll hopefully get to not too long in the future. Uh, it's a very about, long introduction. <laughs> it's a very long <laughs> getting to like getting information to them. Part of some of the challenges, unexpected challenges, and hurdles that have to get uh, covered past that um, aren't. Obvious at first, unless you're in Japan trying to do this, as we right. are. And another thing just to add to this very lengthy introduction is that there isn't consistency for these students in all their classes and how their instructors are using tech or not using tech. And it's off quite often for me that I'm one of the only teachers they have who is asking them to post their materials online, for example. You know, submit your homework online. And I'll, and I'll, I go, yeah, I'll go you one better. I have a uh, school. I have a okay. school. I have a school that 
prohibits teachers from asking their students to submit their assignments by email. Wait, so you heard it. The, you heard the, it. <laughs> it wasn't a mistake. And I, you, you've heard it now on this date and time. <laughs> this school prohibits. And the rationale for that is I what? don't know. I didn't ask, didn't care, ignored. Actually, that's really a good point. It's like if somebody, if that's the rule, they do not even inquire <laughs> as to who came up with doesn't that. doesn't matter. Who cares? It's wacko. Well, again, to set this properly, I guess, for people who are not in Japan, I think that for my students, something like 75% of their assignments are handwritten. They turn stuff in handwritten, and I have to tell my students that, excuse me, but I don't accept handwritten materials right they have to be word processed yeah so, that that happened to me too happened to me too but i i do that from day one and just right also they must 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 right but there's always a few stragglers but that i think is unusual for them that uh, other teachers will accept mm. handwritten materials and um okay so i think we've set there this, we go okay so it's not this high-tech massively connected place by the way i think it's south korea which is the most most connected, connected as a country in the yep. world mm. they're pretty advanced but i'd like to see how they handle i wonder how teachers handle that mm. that'd be interesting very curious okay but we're fortunate in japan that we do get very good high-speed connectivity mm, compared to the united states for sure right i think that not now because where i live um you have to use the provider that's contracted with the apartment and it's a cable Mm. But before, I used to have something like one gig up and down, one mm. gig per second up and down. It was incredible. That fiber optic, do you have something like that? Uh, in the, uh, in Japan, I have fiber optic, yeah. Right, so it's like seven minutes to download a movie or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I think e when we extremely first, fast. Yeah, I think when we first met and we were, I was, we were working, <laughs> I was working at that one school, and I had to download something like a 200 megabyte file, and I remember that I would start the download when I left work. Hmm. Or, 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 or before you I go came. to bed. That's, that was a standard operating procedure. Before you go to work or before you go to bed. Download whatever the, the file. So, okay. So what we're talking about now is given the situation in Japan, the ups and downs and in and outs of putting stuff online. So what do you do? Or, um, well, fortunately, I've lost most of my hair by now, so I don't tear my hair out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've used Moodle for the last few years. And you're still using it, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I have the, the Moodle server running out of my office, so that tells you a little bit about <laughs> where I'm at on that. I don't understand it completely, but I'm capable enough to run the server out of my office. But I get a lot of complaints from students. They don't like the interface. They find it hard to navigate. Um, I get it. You know, it's a lot of hassles getting students to register. So... I think from October, I basically got my own web website, you know, registered a website, got a provider in the United States, and I'm basically using WordPress. Yeah, you're kicking it old school, kind of, kind um, of what Yeah, I'm doing, doing it. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of regressing. But that's more just in response to student the reaction. students just don't mm. see – well, Moodle does not have the best interface yeah. to begin with. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Moodle, Moodle is, is. Um, in episode 15, which is I, I think last uh, 2012 November, if you look at uh, either our website or the uh, the iTunes store, we had a full episode that where we discussed uh, 
very generally um, digital technology in classroom and things. And we d- defined what Moodle was, what it wasn't, what it means and all that. So It's yeah, basically a curious, learning like, management system. Nah, that probably helps nobody. But <laughs> I mean, okay, that, it's that an LMS. <laughs> yeah, an LMS. Okay, you guys. And but if anyone knows what an LMS is, they probably know what Moodle is. That's right. Basically, it's just a way for you to, you know, post things online, and your students can uh, submit yeah. papers, homework. They can take quizzes. There are forums. They can email you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's an integrated system for the student-teacher interaction. Kind of like a free version of Blackboard for those people who mm-hmm. know Blackboard or have used Blackboard. But Okay, good enough. So you're in a period of transition. So you're moving from Moodle to something else. I, I'm going to be testing not using Moodle, basically. Mm-hmm. After, I guess, five years, six years straight uh-huh. using it. But I'm just – well, you know, Tony, the biggest problem with going online is training my students. Yes, and it's always one class minimum. And out of 15 classes, one fifteenth is spent showing students how to access a website. And there's, as you pointed out, there are students who just do not understand that. Um, and I'm trying to find an easier way for students to be able to get the classroom information or the assignments. And I'm probably going to go back to emailing, having them email me homework, too rather than posting it online. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you how that goes. But it's it has advantages being online, but it's so much work. And it's so frustrating. And training the students and then the problems that come up in the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm just, I live in fear of the first two weeks with all the problems and registration problems and students saying, I don't, I can't find the website because right, they've typed right. in the wrong you know, one letter differently. Yeah, and it'll, it comes to no surprise to no one who's worked in customer service with computers or has tried to help a friend or relative with their computers. Um, but as problematic as computers and the Internet and online services can be, inevitably, as, as Charles has just said, the hardest part is the, is the human aspect right. and the human interface. Because, um, yeah, as... as as goofy and as uh, troublesome as computers can be, the the human part, the human component, is always a headache, yeah. and and much worse with this population environment that that we've been. <laughs> and <on laughs> we talked about in this, our lengthy discussion. Lengthy. Right, and on top of this, remember that you're working with students in a second language. Exactly. Yeah, that too. That that too. Right, and just a different, even just a different approach. I think you mentioned before. That um, you said that some students don't even know how to decompress a file. Mm-hmm. I had a student who didn't even know how to install an application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, no, no, I, not I, surprising. And I had to say, I'm sorry. You need to go talk to someone. You have to get a friend to help you. I can't start teaching you the basics of a computer. But the point is, given that that is a, there's a certain percentage of students like that, then I have to add on above that students who are not tech savvy at all, I have to go to a much more simplified interface and way of getting the students to be able to get me information. And they all understand email and attachments. But really? Well, I, <laughs> um, 
That, 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 I just say that because I said that they understand. Yeah, because that's, that that's where I'm at with them. So I wanted to go yeah. to that now and say, yeah, okay. you have your students submit their homework by email to you, correct? Correct. Why don't you tell us a little, walk us through, let's go through the details and, um, you know, how do you really do that? Because it's a pretty, you have, it's a lot of work to set that up, isn't it? It's a lot of work to set up and, uh, it, it, it requires, uh, having gone through it a little bit and having done it wrong, maybe even once or twice, uh, so that you understand what not to do. Cause it, a lot of it is not intuitive, and and just sometimes it's like just it's a, a totally different thing. You really need to have to start to think a little bit more like a computer, um, really kind of understand what the computer can do, what it can't do, and what it needs to be able to do what it can do, and things. So, that f- from the teacher perspective is a is a is a hard thing, and I'm gonna get right to that. But um, what you were talking about that, that they all understand email and attachments. That is a that's kind of where now in 2013 with the students that I teach at the universities where I'm employed, that's where I'm at because they understand email. A lot of them get hung up with the idea of attachments, and um, a lot of them have a hard time with that. And I do have them submit homework by email, um, but uh, it's. The biggest issue with one school, which is specifically very high volume, uh, I have um, four large classes at one university, and uh, university policies, et cetera, et cetera, require um, lots of homework for the students to do, homework or other coursework that needs to be done. Uh, and, and it comes to, for example, me on this day of the week, I teach 180 students. That's four classes, probably. That's uh, right? four classes, about 45 students each. So when, if for so, for example, if I have students doing regular assignments where they're handing in something that's two or three pages each week, multiply that times 180 students, that comes out to a pretty heavy bag. To carry to and from work, so a lot of handouts. It's a lot of handouts. It's a lot of copying to make. It's a lot of printing to make. It's a, it's a lot of crap to carry back and forth just to and from school. Um, so, uh, by the way, is this a school where you can just walk in and make copies, or do you have to submit your copies to somebody <laughs> to make like, two weeks in advance? Or let's not no. even go into that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, no. I don't work there anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Surprise on that. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no. This is this is it's it's very. You make your own copies, and yeah, you have full access to copying machines. Okay. You can make as many copies as your little heart desires, as many trees as you want to burn down. But um, yeah, obviously, and there's a little tid, just and it comes down to that. You have like a little tidbit, right, that you like to share with your students. I have a little piece of information that maybe is a half a page. How do I share this with 180 students efficiently? Mm. Uh, do I dictate it in class? Do I write it? Do I take you know the time to write the whole damn thing on the board? Uh, do I make 180 copies? Do I do 90 copies and chop them in half? Um, do I, or do I give the students a link? Okay. So that's, that, that's the advantage. I mean, one of the many, 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 you know, advantages, and, and we'll talk about some of the disadvantages too, 
uh, of putting things online because yeah, it's it can be time saving. It's certainly resource saving. I mean, it does save paper, does save ink, does save you know all other kinds of resources and time in class and and so forth and so on. Um, but I, I think what, what Charles was was uh, driving at was when you have 180 students sending you their work by email each week. Um, that's a lot of email, and uh, it you need you need somehow to deal with that. Even even beyond the point where you need to train. Um, maybe a quarter of them, I mean, maybe a quarter to a third need some help. About an eighth really need some... Hand-holding. Really need some hand-holding. And it's a lot of go back and forth. And it's like, did that work? Did that work? Did that work? And, and yeah, it's a real pain. It's a real pain and it's a lot of time. Um, I'm a teacher. I do it. Um, but... That that's for those special cases, but for the bulk, right? No, for the for the seventy five percent or the eighty percent who can kind of get it together after the first time. Um, at my end, okay, what does that mean? So I'm getting all this email. Okay, and before you start, just let me interrupt. You're. Oh, I was just getting wound up. All right, go. <laughs> my timing is good. My timing is good. Calm you down before you get too wound up and started. Just you're going oh. to describe what you do, and you're using the Mac the Apple operating system and you're using the Mac mail program, correct? Correct. Yeah. I just want to make sure that people understand that because I think things vary. If we were talking windows or what is the, uh, entourage or no, what's the, uh, outlook, outlook, outlook. Right, right, right. Things but I think it's, it's not that different. It's not that different. The basic I, concepts are not that the different. Con right? Yeah. The, the, the details and, and we're right. not going to get into the, 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 the brass text of like how you can construct, construct the actual filters things, but the idea is the same. Okay, so uh, what we're talking is about is translatable thing. across different operating systems yeah, and different yeah, mail and programs. Okay, just yeah, want to make so, sure about that. So, yeah, I use uh, in Mac OS and the, whatever the latest version is, Snow Lion, I guess, and uh, <laughs> not Sea Lion. <laughs> I really wish they would have been. It makes snow it so, Seals. It's baby so much, Snow Seals, It's a right? Sea Lion. No, there's got to be a Cats, man, because it's a Sea Lion. That'd be they great have, if they had a they Sea had Lion. They had Lion and Snow Lion. I think Sea Lion would snow be Snow Leopard, wasn't it? It's so much better than Mavericks. Which is the next one, ten nine. Anyway, so yeah, so, so Mac and uh, the Mac Mail program. But if you're using Outlook, it's it's not that different. And so what you need to do uh, when looking forward to this onslaught of email is in the email program, in its settings or preferences uh, for the Mail program, for Outlook program, um, set filters. And this is where you really have to like get your thinking cap on. So um, I have four classes on Thursday. And so I'll set, for example, the uh, create a filter that when any email comes in with uh, the su in the subject heading, if they, it sees the text, TH1, be Thursday, first period, then it goes into this specific folder, which I have created for Thursday 1, incoming schoolwork, right? 
and ditto for Thursday too. So then in the classroom, I instruct the students, say, when you are submitting homework in the subject, include TH1, make sure that there's no space, make sure that your filter doesn't have a space, make tell you, sure you tell the students there can't be a space, Tell them to include their name in the subject. So theoretically, if everything goes correctly, when the student sends an email in the subject header, it says Thursday to Kawasaki Ryu, then it goes into the Thursday to incoming student work folder. You may go as far as to create a different Email alias is what it's called in Safari. I don't know what it's called in Outlook, but I know I'm pretty sure it has them, which is basically a different email address that's used, but it actually dumps into your regular inbox ordinarily. But if you, you can add that to your filter too, it's kind of a backup. So for example, where's mine? Is like my ordinary email address is tonysilva at mac.com. Uh, I have another alias, Tony Sensei at Mac.com. I also have an alias, Tony Sensei at me.com. So for my students, if they want to submit work, they know or they have been told to send it to Tony Sensei at Mac.com. If they want to talk to me, then they can send a message to Tony Sensei at me.com. The me messages come to my inbox. The Tony Sensei at Mac.com, if it has TH1, TH2, TH3, TH4, never goes to my inbox. It goes into the mailbox for that particular class. So that on Thursday morning, I don't have 140 emails in my inbox from students who are up all night typing their little hearts out with their, their homework. It is already pre-sorted into mail into incoming mail folders for each of those classes. Um, I can then sort that mailbox by name and by content and see it fairly quickly at a glance. Of course, I said 140, not 180, because of course 40 of them have screwed up one way or the other or giving them the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes just stuff happens and it ends up in my inbox anyway. Okay. And the alias, that's more of a provider thing than a program, isn't it? It's I think both. Apple, for example, I also have a Mac.com address and it allows me to create alternative email addresses that all go to the same email box. But that I think is more of a provider. You have to check whether your provider allows that. Well, this is this is part of my aliases are part of and it's hard to separate it with 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 Apple, right? Right. It's okay. it's part of the mail program or it's part of the iCloud or something else. Okay. But but this is and this is a, Gmail boxes are free. You can go out and create Gmail accounts for each school that you have. You could go crazy and create a different Gmail account for every class that you've got. Or you can just create one Gmail account for your student input and create filters there. 
you can keep it completely separate so that your student mail, student grade, student uh, submissions never make it to your regular email address at all. And you just deal with it. You, you just, yeah, you just deal with it all. Uh, I, with Gmail, when you log on, you don't go and log on to your Gmail teacher account, then you never see it, and you're on vacation. Well, I'm fortunate because my university provides me with an email address, so I have the professional and the personal. But sure. Gmail is a good way too, and in Gmail, the filters are, um, the folders are labels, I think. Labels, yes, they're, right. They're, they're, but yeah. it basically works the same way. But Gmail actually is really good for those kinds of things. It does very, a really very. good job of sorting and letting you track things with colors and, you know, makes it easy. So it's actually, that's good. And people should also remember, too, that you can direct the Gmail to your computer's email program. And you yes, absolutely. It, it, so you you choose to do choices. that, right? Okay, so your students, you have all these folders set up, let's say. You have the filters, right? So it's like TH1, and there has to be a space, like, before or after do you t indicate to your students like that in the subject line the first thing has to be th1 or th2 or f1 or F2? I, I give them examples but it, for the computer it doesn't matter so i don't get hard ass about that okay mm. so we both do this use the same system by the way which is i use you know monday through friday and mm. it's by period because that's the easiest way. The students don't have to worry about misspelling <laughs> they, or getting the class name. They wrong, still right? screw it up. I know because what are your choices? It's M T W T H and F, right? But you would be amazed at the kids who don't know. Oh what no, period I would not be amazed. In. I would not be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your students are submitting the homework now. When they submit, um, they either submit homework or they try to get in contact with you, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the primary ways you use email. Is that correct? Right. Yes. Okay. And are they submitting their homework in the body of the email or are they attaching the homework? They are encouraged to use attachments. However, some of them have a hard time with that. And I do accept it if it's just in the text of the email. Okay. But your preference is? Attachments. Okay. So... They have their name in the subject, and so the filter operates on the email message, puts it into the correct folder, and then how do you sort or put those emails into an order that you can use for grade entry? Um, I Actually, I don't need any more than that. If it's there in the class, uh, I can, if their name is in the subject... Okay. Um, I can just go from the name. I then have my class lists on the computer, um, on a Mac, on a different desktop, or virtual desktop, I think, in, in PCs, um, or a different window, or however however it's arranged. Uh, my class list is alphabetical. So if it's Kawabata, um, it's, it's a trivial thing for me to go to the Ks. And if it's Shimizu, it, it's a trivet to me to go to the S. So I don't need any further sort. As long as they're in the right, I'm in the right class, that's really all I need. And uh, my my primary sort is just on date, so I know who did it on time, who did it late. Now, that, that's all I do. I mean, you can you can tweak that a little bit more, but I think you, I think you very quickly get to the point of diminishing returns.
Mm. Unless you've got really huge classes. <laughs> I mean, hundreds. Yeah, you see, that's an example of, I guess, um, something I hate. I don't like sorting through things. I like having everything in order. Mm. So when I have students submit, for example, onto Moodle, there's a system where it has to be student number, underscore, last name, underscore, first name, underscore, um, the class, for example, or they submit directly into the class, so they don't have to do it in that case, and then the assignment name. And you know, something like 25% of the students make mistakes on the f naming of the file so that I have to always play with the order. And I just can't go right down and open a file, read it, and enter the grade because I want to do uh, everything uh, in order. Yeah, I, that, know, that's so like I, a, the I, golden fleet. I mean, for me, it's like I, I, I don't uh, – th yeah, that would really be sweet, but I don't fantasize that I'd be able to get there. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just keep I keep hoping for that. <laughs> Yeah, but that would be that would, uh, I mean that's the way it would be. But but again, then you then you're spending you know, how many how much of your teaching time are you spending them to format their email messages? I mean that's like maybe two or three classes. Well, I I, <laughs> I have on the website I, I this is, you know, on the on my Moodle site, on the opening page it it has how to write an email to your professor, how to name your files. <laughs> and for example, um, I don't know, changing a little bit from submitting homework. Right, and we got to get to I that. I don't know how many times a semester I get an email from a student saying, what's the homework? And That's there's it. no name and there's no class. There's no student and there's like, number, what school? there's no what, class. What and school I have to are teach and there's no, there's no greeting or closure. Closing, right? And yeah. I just have to send my pat pre... It's already typed up. It's just a cut and paste Yeah, message. I've got that too. You know what I said? And it just says, your email is unacceptable. There is... You do not identify yourself. You do not tell me what class you're in. I do not know your name. I do not know which homework assignment you're talking about, which date. And there's no greeting and there's no closing. Please go to the website. Please read through this. And, you know... That goes back and forth sometimes, three, four times until the student gets it right. And again, of course, it's because they're doing this in a second language. But it's, again, going back to what we said in the beginning, is that students are not geared towards this. And we're talking about the training, right? Because yeah, yeah, the other yeah, teachers yeah. don't train the students to do this. But the teacher who gets the students after you is really lucky, right? <laughs> I guess, yes. Okay, so... Okay, what about the other thing? Okay, so that's like with the, with the communication, and, and, and probably at some point in the future, we'll probably deal with that in a whole lot more detail. You know, like communicating with students using tech. That, how do we yeah. communicate with students? Yeah, that's a, another And how about getting the information to the students? Okay. So you've been using Moodle, and now you're going to do something else. Right, but the, the idea is basically the same, is that they can always access the material. So, you know, what how are, how, how are they going to do that? How are they, where, where's it going to be and how are they going to get it? Well, there's this little machine that has a keyboard on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that and you know that, but. Okay. Um, well, so you, you're going old school. You're putting it up on a regular server with a URL and they're going to have to like go to the URL and download a file. Well, that's what they do with Moodle is that um, they go to 
the course website. Mm. They look up their course, which, of course, is again done, you know, by days, right? Mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. And they go and they download whatever they need. So with your so you've, you're going to create a website that kind of parallels the it's, structure that you're that you're comfortable with in, in Moodle. I'm trying to figure well, no, because I'm not comfortable with the Moodle structure. <laughs> so you're going so right. to do it better. I'm trying to figure out how to make. Well, you know, it's 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 really hard. I know your own website. <laughs> yes, I know. Right, and I'm now using you know WordPress, and I have the server um, in the United States, and designing a a website, and you know, I, I forgot what it's like using blog software and everything, and all the mistakes and the pages, and you know. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But the idea is to figure some simple system, navigational system, so students can get to the materials, and I can get to them easily in the classroom. Really important. <laughs> that really, really that design important. aspect is really well. This is the biggest important. problem I have with Moodle. Is I don't think it's a very friendly user interface. Well, I think the that, that might be students have made the navigation problem. I think is universal. I think that that's maybe the weak link in in any system, whether it's you know some prepackaged commercial or open source thing or something that you build yourself. The navigation is is the is always going to be the weak link. That's really hard. And the real key, though, I think, and it's taken I don't know how long to realize this is whatever system you use make sure it's smartphone friendly because again we told that preface yeah we have to really say that's how they're going to access the website and i have to always you know i'm doing that i don't have a smartphone it's, it's, for me it doesn't really work does wordpress automatically generate is it smart enough to re- recognize someone's hitting it with the smartphone and give it a uh a mobile format. Well, I'm just starting to use WordPress mm-hmm. and design the website, and I have to look into that. But I go to, I use my wife's um, smart, you know, iPhone to check the website. Mm, but that's, that's you know, it's I a do. small screen. It's still, it's a small screen, and links are hard to click on. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I have like, I, I was pr- make sure your links are spread out <laughs> because if they're listed yep. links. You're going to have students, you know, I realize, you know, you hit the wrong links because they're just stacked on top of each other. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to read about website design and user interfaces and making it accessible to users. Um, And, oh, by the way, um, I don't know how you feel about it, Tommy, but websites in Japan are terrible. (laughs) In a way that is frightening sometimes to me. I think we've oh, talked about this before. Oh Lord! I, in passing, in passing, the, but the, yeah, in the past, I've I've taught a number of internet English classes, and I've had student design web pages. And despite so much of the class being, uh, you know, aimed at web page design and contrasting the nightmare that you were referring to versus you know simple, clean design and easy to use. Um, it seems they are inevitably drawn to that awful, confusing, visually punishing school of web design that... Which is very common in Japan. 
All you need to do is contrast like the yahoo.com and yahoo.co.jp. Okay. For a very cap a very short brief introduction to and, the madness. And even if you don't read Japanese, just the visual layout. The visual would be is, painful yeah, enough. Because I think my favorite story about this is when we were living in Hakodate, I I asked um my wife to you know find out a bus schedule and she had to like go through seven <laughs> clicks because <laughs> they had on the first page was the history of the bus company and its managing directors and it's like excuse me but and it took six or seven clicks i remember for mm. her to be able to get to a bus schedule so there's trying to simplify is really important and it's difficult, but it has to be smartphone friendly, right? Um, what else do you think? Because I I don't like printouts. I don't like handouts. Uh, well, cer- well, certainly, certainly no flash. Um, what uh, right. my my student download page, which is which is not the portal, but like the the, the page they have to work with and the where they need to get their things. I put lots of information up for all my classes. Um, My student download page is, there is, I'm looking at it right now, and I just, uh, I don't want to be a liar. There is nothing on that page except text. There is, there are background colors, and there is text, and there are links. And uh, there are two columns, and I, I, as does Charles, I, it is, it is my own design. It, it's not a, it's not a template or anything else. It's something that I did. It is um, two columns. It is text and links. And I've checked it on mobile devices, you know, tablets, and tel- and phones. And that's it. And it's readable and it's doable. And that's it. And it links to mostly PDFs. You know, a universally universally readable format. Um, I have no control over the PDF format because they're oh, for whatever the original f- thing was. For the most part, the ones that I create, I do have control over. But a lot of these are newspaper articles, magazine articles, uh, um, and it's just text. And so I know that my students, whenever they go to this page, they're going to be able to read it and be able to access whatever it is they're looking for, unless I've screwed up and I've made a mistake. Okay, so you do what I do. Is that a lot simplicity? Of and it's right? like, what, what what advice do I have? Simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. Don't try to be fancy. Don't try to be pretty. Don't try to be clever. Simple. You, it, it, don't do anything. It's not a work of art. Is exactly. You're not doing Picasso. You're doing something very, very perfunctory. Something very. Simple, very functional, function above all. It's got to be usable. That's kind of like the old thing about, right, with textbooks. Remember lots of white space? Yep. Yeah, make it readable. Readability is really important because your students are not natives, right? And so trying to navigate, and that's, again, the biggest problem with Moodle is it's hard for them to navigate because it's just the way the layout is set up in the design. No, it was hard for me to navigate. What Moodle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. I never implemented. It. It's like I, you know, people raved about it, and I looked at it and say, like, "I, yeah, I, I, this is too hard." 
Well, I think, you know, we've been using Apple products for so long. A little that, spoiled, a little spoiled. A little spoiled. Well, I, I think I've told, I think the famous story is that I remember the first time I used my Windows and it took me like half an hour to turn the computer off because it never, it never um, occurred to me that shutdown <laughs> would be under the start menu. Right? You know something. Yep. But the point is that you have. But to then they think, took it away and we didn't know what to do. <laughs> I have to learn something new again. <laughs> the Windows Seven. They took it. Where? How do I turn it down? They did it to me again. No, Windows Eight took away the start menu. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Windows Seven, which, by the way, I use on my main machine in my office, is not that bad. Oh, so it's still. There. It's not a stable. No, seven. But it's not bad. Ne- neither one is bad. Neither one is bad. But again, you know, it's like to take it that away. It's like, oh, again, I was in the same situation but, you were. I didn't okay. know how to turn off the machine. Well, the po- the point is that. A really important thing is that people have a difficult time adjusting to change. Mm. And since there's no consistency between web pages, it's you have to create something that's very easy for your students to navigate and find information. So you on your website, you have what assignments or readings or handouts that you want students to either bring to class or do as homework, correct? Mm, yes, most of the time, most of the time, it's information for them to go and seek out and to read. Uh, assignments are pretty much given out in class uh, when there are, because I expect my students to come to class. I don't expect them to, you know, participate in absentia. They're, they're, these are participatory classes, um, so assignments generally are given out in class. Things like requirements for term papers for semester projects and so forth uh, will be given out in class. I will also have copies of critical assignments online as well. Uh, but uh, it, it, the, the web pages that I have for my students are not intended to be dynamic communicative portals. They they are they're sources of information for the student. You know, it it's it's pretty primitive. It is uh, them submitting work by email. They can go to the web page. They can download information. I am very happy that the environment here has evolved to the point where this is now possible, because that that is a recent development and. Um, I hope that in the future it can it can go beyond that. But for the moment, uh, again, simplicity, what's possible, what's doable, um, uh, establishing priorities, distributing time. This is right now what I can do. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So, yeah, I, I know for most of the world, most of the educational world, it's like it's like disgustingly old school but at this point here where i am with my schools and my students that's kind of where i'm at well there's something to be said for compartmentalizing things Mm -hmm. right that if you want to communicate with me you do so by email if right if you're submitting assignments you do that by email but to get the readings and any downloads or to check on any classes, you go to a website. And that is, I think, far easier for students to actually deal with than, for example, having an all-in-one system where they have to figure out how to email you from within the program or post on a forum. 
Yeah, simplicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can do it on their phone. They all that stuff they could do on their phone. They can look at this website. They can access the PDF. They can send me an email. They can do all this on their phone, on the way to school, on the way home, in the bath, <laughs> wherever they might be. Um, there and it, there's no arcane login procedure. There's no formulaic right. sign in, sign out. It's it's just out there. It's part of the web. It's basic, basic, basic. Okay. And and I can focus my energy in, in the classroom on other stuff. And this is an important point which you made is that if you are having students posting their assignments to the web page or website, then you've got to create login rules, right? You have to create... And you assume responsibility for security and privacy. Right, exactly, and... and privacy and it's so much easier if the website is just downloads, right? And course information, then there's no privacy required. Right. And the email is, has built in privacy to some degree. As and if something goes wrong, it's, it's not my fault. That's, you know, everybody gets hacked. Right. Whereas, you know, that's one of the things I you know I'm responsible for the security on that Moodle site. And I'm just, I just don't want to do it anymore. But the the point is <laughs> yeah. that it's so hard for the students to learn how to effectively use the website. Yeah. Whereas you're right. You teach them, you send your homework to me, and then you teach them the subject line, how to do a subject line, basically. And then you set up your aliases with your emails or with your rules and folders, and you're set. And, and when they I, do I, it... And it would just like you, what you talked about, you have your canned response. When they do it wrong, you hit a key combination, boom, they get the kids like, you did something wrong. Make sure check this, check just check this, and here's another example. Right. And Tell it's me. really important if you do this on your website, give them the exemplars of this is how an yes. email is done. Because, for example... If a student does not say, you know, dear Mr. Wiz or hello, Professor Wiz or some greeting and then immediately identify themselves, my name is student number, class number on, you know, day and time, right? And then state their question and then say thank you and their name because they have to learn how to write emails because they think they're just texting their buddies, right? Mm. Um, it's an important lesson that they're learning in Internet etiquette and email protocols. So it's a good thing to do, but I think it really does simplify things, especially for them. Okay. Yeah. Email is to contact the professor or to send my homework and the website is to get materials. Yeah. Boom. It's it easy. It's clear. And it's, um, I'm going to try that from October and see how it works because I just, every first class, my first week of school in October, <laughs> every class would be, getting students to register for the website and you know it's yeah just, it's a lot of extra time it's a lot of yeah, extra so time so i think you know and let me let me underscore something that you said just for for the people out there that what you said the examples 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 because they they know how to copy an example students know how to do that in japan they know how to copy and it's so much easier for anybody to follow an example than to follow instructions that have been written in the second language. However clear you might think those instructions might be, when you're reading it 
in a language that's not your own, the chance the, the the chances for error just multiply exponentially. <laughs> All kinds of unimaginable mistakes can get made. And remember, uh, always show showing example. is better than explaining. There you go. Even as a teacher, in many ways, right? To show right, so, no, absolutely. Yeah, templates. You know, give them a template where they just have to fill in their name. Um, but the actually, I think what I'll probably do is I'll have every student in class text me a message that says, "Dear Mr. Wiz, my name is," and then they have it on file. That might be the way to do it. But I'm thinking again that import the importance of separation. It's a great idea, I think, mm -hmm. making it easy for people, making it easy for them to navigate and to access materials easily without any kind of login process. That, I think, is pretty important, you know, for me yeah. right now, because I need to save that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, somehow, just because it's human nature, things are going to go wrong. Oh. Just... Um, so nature, humans, we, we we do things wrong more than, than us, but just the universe itself, things happen. Right. But things go wrong. Especially with email, though, I think, I'm gonna, as I said, I'm going to make sure that everybody in the class sends me an email from their smartphone, right? So that That's they a have very good my way to do email it. address in, because I don't know how many times a student comes back and says, excuse me, but I tried to email you, but uh, <laughs> the email address is wrong. Just even though yeah. you write it on the board <laughs> again, it's yes. easy to make mistakes, especially when it's in a second language. It's yep, easy. Yep, yep. So simplify, right, is one of the keys, I think. Right. Simplification, try to figure out a way so there are as few errors as possible and make it just as easy as possible for students. So I think we've talked about that. But what about what do you think are the advantages, though, for example, having a student submit their work? you online i mean i know that i like it when students submit a written assignment to me because... well for me it's about 20 pounds right it's just weight <laughs> that's a lot of weight yes um and um not only is it a lot of weight but um also in checking uh it it takes i i have found that it takes once i once i have my internal system at, at home worked out it takes a lot less time to check a paper or uh, something that's been di submitted digitally than it does on paper. And it takes less time to read it, evaluate it, and score it online than it on a screen than it does on a piece of paper. Mm. And because once you've done it, you've entered it, great, then it's entered and you don't need to go you know, mentally from the your mind to the paper from the paper. Well, you're not going through the, the paper screen. twice, right? Right. First exactly. time you're marking and then you're entering. And then you're you finished. Know, you know, and another thing that I really like about it, and it's totally um, off the topic, but I'm not touching students' papers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talked I, about that before. You know, this is about one of that. my pet peeves. And I've been but, thinking about it ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking that I remember that I used to always get sick during the school year. <laughs> and I'm wondering, though, that since I've been having the majority of my work submitted online, I'm not touching students' papers anymore, mm -hmm. whether or not that has an effect, mm. because it is truly scary. <laughs> 
when, you know, students are sneezing and coughing and they're covering their mouths and then, you know, with their hands and then they're touching the paper and you get Hopefully the they're covering their mouths. Yeah. Yeah. That would be in the, in the best case. I've seen students, I actually see them sneeze yes, on their papers. You, do. you have. <laughs> yes, you have. And... So there's that. But also the other thing I was going to mention, Tony, that I like, it's not in grading, but especially for when students are submitting written work is that Mike word or, or even i think LibreOffice under statistics has the information when they opened the file when they started the file when they modified and how much editing time they've spent on it mm-hmm. because yes that, it's very that's really valuable because i can turn to a student who gets a really let's say a low grade and i can say uh excuse me but um you know you only worked on this paper for 17 minutes and you started it yesterday. And they're pretty shocked when they realize <laughs> that I can do that. But the other point is it's easy to check for plagiarism. Oh, absolutely. You just sure. have to copy, copy and paste. paste. Yeah. And I think you mentioned before that our students are really good at copying and pasting. <laughs> they're very good at it. They're very Funny good as at it. it. Is. In Funny fact, they're it. so good at it that sometimes your papers are... 90% copied and pasted. A lot of the presentations I know are copy and pasted. They're reading stuff that yes, they found yes, online. Yes, yes. So if you have them submit things like that, then you're able to check it. So well, I've gotten, I've gotten around that because they can't look at any paper when they present. Right. And so even if it is copied and pasted, at least they've memorized Well, I know. I tell them that they can't present. They have to use notes or as they call them, memos or like an outline. But I still have what, 5% of the students in a class will come in with a hand, you know, totally handwritten or typed out, you know, or copied speech that they read. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it just takes a long time to train students and break habits and mm. what they're used to. So, yeah, there are, overall, I find that the advantages of getting stuff sent to me online and posting things online is definitely worth the initial effort. And there's no downplaying how much effort that is setting things up in the beginning it's a lot of work that um can you say that like maybe 15 20 times and more um, emphatically yeah because really it's a lot of work it's a whole lot of work up front and it makes all the difference later on and um if you're doing this for the first time oh it's terrible. go into it go into it realizing that you're gonna screw up all kinds of different ways and that is no indication of the final product or the final outcome that after you've made this these dozens of mistakes and it's disaster after disaster and you want you want to throw that computer out the window um learn from all, all those mistakes take a look and see what's happening and why and when you finally get it down you know when you when you get or even when you start getting close because I'm not sure that I'm there yet either. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when you when you start getting close and it all starts clicking, it's like, yeah, this is this is kind of neat. Um, when you start getting close, it's like suddenly it's like you're starting to feel like suddenly you have like it's like you have an assistant. Some all this other stuff that you used to spend so much time doing, 
Uh, it's getting done. We, we we've talked before about like spreadsheets with grading, and it's kind of exactly like the same thing. I think. When you no, when you exactly. do it at first, when you do it at first, uh. you it's a headache, and you you don't know what you're doing. You're lost, and you you realize you did <laughs> grades coming, and you did it all wrong, and it caused and it, it's taking you twice as long as it did it the other, the old way. Say so, okay, well you're not going to do it that way the next time. You're going to do it differently, and as you refine your system, after a few times through it, uh, it's like. Oh yeah, okay. This is why I'm doing this. And when you start, it starts clicking. It really, it starts to pay off. If you, you, you got to work at it. It's not again. It's not a no brainer. You, you got to be smart. You got to work at it, and you got to, and it's not easy. Yeah, and it's a lot of effort. And I think the spreadsheets is a really good example of that. In the beginning, it's just so much work setting up the spreadsheet and trying to figure out how to use it. But once you've got it down, I mean, you know, for me, every year now, it's just copy and paste student numbers. You never think about it anymore. And you just the only do other it. thing is just do it's it every bam, week. Bam, bam, bam. It's so sweet. Just, and as long as you enter those grades every week. As hard as it is at the beginning, it's, it's that easy. And that last day when you down. enter the final test grade or the final assignment grade, and then you just click enter and it spits out the grades for you. <laughs> it's nice. But the website does have advantages. But on, on the other hand, right, you can you explain to students that there's if you're ever absent, it's not a problem because you just have to go to the website and you can get the assignments and the homework, right? That's and it. do not be surprised when the student says i didn't do my homework why i was absent did you go to the website <laughs> well that's not gonna know. yeah the internet's not but gonna change this is an important thing yeah. too though by the way i forgot to mention this one of the advantages of having your your syllabus and your course schedule and what you did each week and all the assignments online is you tell students do not email me for homework it's on the it's on the it's web on the website the because web I have to say to students if you email me about homework I won't respond because you have to be really strong about that you have to say you go to the website or you talk to your friends right and I think I don't know how it is in American universities but I mean I would never have gone to class and said um, I'm sorry I don't have the assignment because I was absent the previous week to a professor but that's a pretty pat answer here. Mm. So it saves you a lot of those kinds of communications, right? You don't have to – and posting what you did in class would take, what, about five minutes, right? Depends. Today we did mm. this, 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 for example, if you want to do it after the fact, is a lot faster than sending three emails. Yeah. And it, and I think uh, I think as, as we start to wind down here, I think – I'm just getting uh, wound up. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, that's a good thing because what I was going to say was, as we start to wind down, I think um, as we talk about, as we talked about this subject, somewhat in the abstract, right, at, at a pretty high cognitive level, I think probably we're going to need to schedule at some point where we are tossing around this thing like, oh, we just put it up and, and the students download it. I think there are a lot of people are out there saying, what the hell are they talking about? Well, how do how do I who what 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 do you mean I put it out? It's like yeah. Oh, well, I'm not using Moodle. I'm just, I'm just put I'm just putting a file on the server for students to download. I, I think yeah right. <laughs> I think there's a lot. Of, I think I think there's some folks scratching their heads saying, "What the hell are you talking about, Jack?" 
I think I, I, I think we're gonna need to deal with some of that at some well, my point. My guess is if you're listening to a podcast, you have some basic understandings. Well, some basic but we're not understanding. Talking about well, they they, the they know how to, yeah, they know how to get it, but but the, in terms of like oh you know, advantages disadvantages. Like, so you talked about you're doing WordPress. I'm kicking it old school with my own you know home cooked web page. Uh, I think a lot of people want to hear more about the differences in that. I think. Well, uh, well, there is a lot of differences because I, I think you use. Dreamweaver. Well, there's a lot of differences. I think they want like to hear that? it. I use Dreamweaver just right, to create which is a web, a web design kind of application. And I know people who actually write their own HTML code for yeah. their web pages, which is a whole another thing. Now people are really scratching their heads, or people are going, "We're not that unaware of what's going on." But there's a lot of information available on the web but we're not talking about this old placing a file on a server kind of figuring out you know folders and folders and hierarchical menu kind of things right but no but actually you, we are well, that's what we do deep down inside yes that's what the the but that's no what, no physically that's what i do right um, <laughs> i ftp into my server and i d barrel down into the folder and i put the file there and then i Upload the HTML oh, okay. file or well, the link. That, so okay. I do. You know, that's what I do. I, I and, it, and that's what I'm saying. I think people are really interested in hearing the differences of of what this what this is. I think or why you would do it that way, or why you would do it that way, and what the options are. Right, and we haven't even gotten into talking about using all the other things that um, Google is offering. Right? Yeah, yeah. Google Drive and Hangouts, for example, and. There's a whole Ooh. lot out there again that uh, I need you, to spend uh, more time in something else. At. Audio Boo, huh? Which is uh, it's kind of like Facebook for audio files. Not not audio files. People who like music, but audio heartbreak files. Um, okay. So students could upload their monologues or their dialogues or their interviews or. Verbal accounts of yada, yada, yada. Okay. So that's kind of like having a YouTube channel or using Vimeo. But audio Vimeo. only. Right. Yeah. Mm. I guess we have to go to a whole thing about multimedia files because basically we've been mainly talking about text files today. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this doesn't include all the links to. Yeah, right. And, my, and, and a lot of my TED files are not, and... not, a lot of my files are not text. A lot of mine are audio. Right. For pronunciation well, then, classes and listening classes and what stuff. If you so, want yeah, to well, put a quiz online, right? There you go. All There's that kind of stuff. Well, there. Well, we I think that's... open Pandora's box. Yes, which is always a good way to close. Right? <laughs> close yeah. that box. Close that box now. Shut it down quickly, please. <laughs> worms, pretend, worms, worms. And ignore worms. that genie. Okay. But we'll be talking about that, I think, later, about how to handle those files and what's the most efficient and effective way so we'll be exploring this topic a lot more in depth. I think today we're just trying to get started about yeah. the basic so ideas and negative positives and negatives of going online as an instructor. So yeah, I mean summarizing is like simplicity, um, student viewpoint, um, iPhone friendly or not iPhone, but phone friendly, right? Smartphone friendly. Be make sure that whatever you're offering to your students is accessible from their phones, not for any other reasons. It just pure reason it greatly enhances the chance that they're actually going to do it that they're going to right. go there if you don't make if it's not phone friendly they're not going to do it 
you got to make sure that they can do it from their phones. Don't do anything that they can't do from the average smartphone, whatever that might be. And I want to emphasize that, that for most of our students, the only computer they own is their phone. You have to make that assumption. You may need, yeah, because there are, yeah. I mean, there are people like my wife who does everything on her phone. Everything I do on a computer, she does on her phone. She doesn't have yeah. a need for a computer. Doesn't yeah, except for, except for submission of their term papers, which has to, they have to sit down at a damn keyboard and actually type it. And whenever they start <laughs> making, whenever they roll their eyes and make noises about having to type it out, it's like, hey, listen, you know when I had to submit a paper when I was in college? I had to walk 10 miles to school in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> We've all heard it, but oh wait, that's what that's where they really roll their eyes. Right? <laughs> I, well, you know, but, it's but I tell them the typewriter right. story. I tell them the yeah. typewriter story. It's really right? hard to explain to them how different our lives were technologically compared to things now. Yeah, and you find out you left out a line on page three when you're done tape typing. Page onion 20? paper. Remember, I, I remember the oh, IBM yeah. Selectric yeah. with the erasing tape. Right? I onion paper. I remember when to make my own onion paper. Well, yeah. I remember when I tried to t- <laughs> I explain remember. to my students how different our lives are technologically. Right? Is I tell them when I was a kid, I was the remote control. <laughs> you remember you know, your yeah it's like wh- why do you say turn on turn off it's because we used to have dials yeah yes exactly why why yeah why do you say turn off the light <laughs> why do you say dial a number what is this what is, what's a telephone dial remember yeah oh okay all right so there we go we have a wrap here so there we go. talked about the advantages and disadvantages of putting things online why you should do it, the pitfalls. Again, the main point, and it's a really important point, Tony, is make it smartphone friendly. There you go. And yeah, make be it yeah, in, in anyhow, in any way, do it. Make it easy. Make it easy for them to do. Make it the, the make it the easiest thing for them. Make it the default. Make it the easiest thing for them to do. Make right, it easier for them to do it than to not do it. Right. And if you can Take somehow their do that, it's quite an accomplishment, right? There you go. If it's easier for them to go online than to bother you, there you so go. So to speak, they will go online. But if it's easier for the student to email you and ask you what was the homework, that's what they will default to. And when you figure that out, maybe you could drop us an email and let us know what you did, so that we so we can copy it. it <laughs> so we can copy it. So okay. good luck on that. <laughs> All right. So All right. we still have a couple more weeks before school starts, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so well, actually, not. We are two teachers talking. I start on Tuesday, but I'm not going to think about it. Two teachers talking. I start on Tuesday. Two teachers talking at twoteacherstalking.com, and we're two teachers talking at gmail.com. And Skype is two teachers talking. There we go. You got the podcast. You've got it right. Two teachers talking. Hey, and we have. And there we go. So happy teaching all. Yes, Happy and, uh, returns. Have fun working on getting ready for the semester to start, right? There we go. Okay. Bye. All right. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye.